Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Mind and Body Understanding podcast with Jeff Farian. It is presented by Farian Counseling, LLC, in partnership with the Foolproof Entertainment Network, and your host, Jeff Farian. Jeff, welcome back to the podcast studio. Yeah, it's great to be back here, Mike. Thanks a lot. Um, I really appreciate you and Cliff, you know, Mike and Cliff and Foolproof uh, adding me to your uh, family of podcasts. Um, We're excited to have you. This is something that, you know, I'd like to come up here on Fridays and get nuts with you guys and have a regular, uh, you know, talk show, but for my business and for my uh, mission, which is helping people with their mental concerns. Um, I thought it was more appropriate maybe to set up something that uh, would be a little more um, sedate, a little more uh, professional, a little more... Not not that you're not professional, excuse me, Mike. That's not what I meant. Well, our show isn't designed to be professional, right? <laughs> so the foolproof entertainment work, do fools, do fools agree, the flagship show, yeah. is not meant to be a professional show. It's meant to be two guys hanging out on a Friday night having a couple beers, so... Yeah. I actually appreciate the fact that you're bringing something different to the table yeah. uh, for the network. So tell us a little bit about uh, what you want to do here with the mind and body understanding. Well, the idea show. is to uh, go down uh, topics and discuss ideas, topics, and other things that people are concerned with modern times. Uh, obviously, we're dealing with a lot here in society. We're dealing with a pandemic. We're dealing with lots of people isolated, depressed, having much anxiety. And I'd like to bring what I offer in my uh, counseling uh, office to the podcast so they can reach a larger group of people and hopefully they can find the help that they need. Um, so to, to do that, I guess I have to justify why anyone would want to even listen to this. Uh, my background is very diverse. Uh, I went to Ohio State for undergrad back in the 80s, so that dates me. Uh, I'm 53 years old. I've got a few years under my belt. Uh, Right out of college, I went into public relations, and not just public relations. I went into uh, political public relations, knocking on doors, getting people to sign petitions, getting things on the ballot, helping people get to the polls. Uh, lots of people I met through the state of Ohio, uh, from Youngstown all the way to Cincinnati, from Toledo all the way down to uh, Jackson County. So I've been all over the place in this state working with people politically. Um, Following that, I decided to start my own marketing company, and I learned a lot about myself, working with others, learning how to present their products. Uh, that company was called Farian's Profit Marketing. It lasted uh, from 1993 to 19, well, right to 2000, uh, which took me to the next turn, which I think is very valuable towards counseling, which was teaching and coaching. Uh, I've been a high school football coach now for 23 seasons, 23 years. I taught high school, uh, at one in particular school, for 16 years, and I've been an adjunct instructor for three colleges for the last five years. So I've worked with tons of adolescents, people from the age of 14, well, 13 to 14 all the way up to 25. Uh, some of the schools cater to older individuals, but uh, got to know lots of different people, probably gave thousands of uh, unsolicited, unpaid for counseling sessions, just working as a coach and a teacher for those uh, years. And I can vouch for that. <laughs> well, yeah, uh, Michael is a person that I coached. I don't think I ever taught you, Mike. Did I teach you? No, you did not. 
He missed out, man. I'm telling I'm, you. I'm sure. <laughs> <laughs> so I started this practice after going back to school again. A few years ago, I went back to school, got a master's degree in counseling to go with my doctorate in education, master's in education, master's in English literature coming soon, uh, and the undergrad degree was in English. So I can speak English. Uh, I can definitely work with people with different uh, concerns. The first one I usually uh, hear about when people call is their anxiety. So I like to work with people on um, calming the nerves. Um, we'll get into this a little more. Apologies for the minor technical error. We rejoined the podcast in progress. They're not going to know, but they are there to listen to you. Uh, the best advice I can give you is that we come alongside you, not in front of you to pull you along. We, we want you to be a big part of how you feel and how you get to the place you want to be in your life. Um, so that all leads to self-improvement. And I put on my website, uh, FarianCounseling.com, on the website it talks about self-improvement. And self-improvement has three components as far as I'm concerned, and I call it AIR, A-I-R. Those three components, if worked on and moved in a positive direction, will enable you to feel better, to interact with people better, to be in a positive mindset, and to come to your best self. And I think coming to your best self, um, that's what we all should strive for. I mean... And I've known Michael now since the year 2000. I met him as a young freshman. I remember how, uh, don't mind me saying this, Michael, but I remember how angry you were. As a little a young bit of anger issues. And um, <laughs> I've seen over the last 20 years you come to, to be a great father, a great husband, a great employee, a great football coach. Uh, and all the anger seems to have dissipated for the most part and gone into power in your life and gone into positive things. I don't think I've had anything to do with that personally as far as like me counseling you, but I think that you have learned from your experiences. You've learned from uh, the things I'm going to discuss here. Uh, air, to me, is it starts with the word A, uh, attachment. Attachment means who are we associated with? Who do I have relationships with? Who am I aligning myself with? You know, and is that a positive thing for me? You know, are my, are my relationships good? And I want to make sure that the people that I work with have a grasp on their own attachment. And is it working for their life? Or is it something that they need to improve upon? Maybe they have great people in their life, they're just not communicating properly with them. Or maybe they have bad people in their life that might be better if they were a better friend to them. Or maybe they have bad people in their life and they just need to get away from them. Uh, this, the eye of air is self-identity. Identity. We have to find out who we are in life. Most people think that that's what happens in high school, and that's not what happens in high school. My own personal experience was it occurred from about 23, and I'm still working on it. <laughs> I was about to say, I was going to say 28 to about now, 35. Right. <laughs> right. I mean, it doesn't seem to end, and I think that's a good thing. I mean, I'm on my, as you've heard from going through public relations, marketing, teaching, and now counseling. This is the fourth major career that I've had in my life, but I feel very comfortable working in all careers. It's not something that uh, 
has bothered me to move from one to the other. I think I've built on one and built from one to the next, to the next, to the next. And it's worked really well. Um, but finding out who you are is a very tricky situation as well because, you know, you take a lot of advice and you take a lot of information from other people and you're not sure if their advice or their information is truly valid or if it's truly good for you. And in that case, if you're taking information and advice from other people and it ends up being not good for you, well, how in the world are you going to be able to move forward as a self-identifying person if all the advice you've been given has been negative or has been detrimental or has been mean and cruel even in some cases or given to you for, with false pretense? Um, I don't know. Do you remember uh, growing up, Reg, and having a lot of different people tell you what you should be or what you could be or what you uh, supposed to have in your life? I think there was a lot of you do X, Y, so you can do Z, and then nothing. It was you do well in school so you can go to college, get a good job, and then what? <laughs> right? Right, right. So I think a lot of folks in my generation in particular, that was the, the message we were force-fed. Especially going to the school, at least the people in my circle and going to the school that I went to, or schools. Yeah. That was always the, the mentality. It was always, do better than others so that you can get a better job, so that, what? <laughs> right. And I think early on that made sense to me. It made sense to, you know, that was the best way to start out. But then when I got those things, and I got that, not great job, but at the time was a good job coming out of college, like, I was lost. And that's why when we say, you know, that discovery, that self-identity, you know what I did from like 22 to 24 was not good. I didn't, I didn't take care of myself. I was being silly. I was, you know, not creating relationships. I was probably burning bridges at that point. Yeah. And it wasn't until I kind of moved back uh, here and actually started coaching with you again mm -hmm. that I felt like some stability in my life and felt like I was moving, not necessarily moving towards something, but moving towards uh, understanding myself better and understanding just what made me happy or what made me content or whatnot. So, yeah, I, I mean, I I'm not going to counsel Michael. I've known him too closely. It's kind of unethical to counsel someone that you know really well, and you know he's not going to counsel me. Though, <laughs> though I've tried. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we've kind of had another coach that we worked with used to call these coming to Jesus talks. We've had many talks when e either of us was in a moment of like despair or a need or looking for some kind of help to move forward because you're stuck yeah and uh that's what i'd like this podcast to provide for some people is an outlet you know not that you necessarily contact me but you contact somebody and you create some kind of relationship some kind of therapeutic relationship where you can get the help you need to be able to come to that point of self-identity all right so Let's say you've established all these positive family and friend relationships. So your attachment's in a good place. You feel confident about who you are. And then we come to the final uh, letter of air, which is R. And that's regulation. Self-regulation. Because we can be really confident in who we are and have great relationships with other people. And all these things are going really well. If we don't self-regulate, if we don't do proper things for ourselves then all of it falls apart. Self-regulation is probably the most important part of AIR. Uh, how we act every day, what we do every day. People that have um, negative ideas or things in their head, 
how do you handle that? You know, how do you go about abating the thoughts that are driving you to think that you're not a good person? How do you handle the thoughts that make you go through that drive-through every morning instead of, you know, having a nice bowl of cereal before you leave for the day? So you end up having a weight problem. How many people uh, don't regulate the uh, idea of just washing their face and hands and brushing their teeth twice a day? I mean, that's stuff that can be regulated. That's stuff that can be handled, but it needs to be handled, um, and it needs to be a, a daily affair. You have to think about yourself. And people sometimes put themselves dead last in the, the totem pole and, and make it like, uh, as long as I have a good family relationship and I feel okay about who I am, what, what's it matter if my teeth fall out or what's it matter if I smoke every day? It doesn't really matter. It's not going to bother anybody else. I'm just being me. Well, to get to your best self, you have to set goals. And throughout the course of this podcast, um, we're going to talk about goals because goals is the next thing in the therapeutic alliance that is allowing the therapist to work with the client to be able to move forward in self-improvement. Um, I don't want you to get too private here, Reg, but uh, what's the next goal you're working on in your own life? I mean, right now, uh, I've got very tactical things in front of me. And so, you know, we're moving. I like tactical. Right? <laughs> so we're moving. Uh, I just got a promotion at work. Um you know, we've been on a bit of a journey in our lives. My wife and I, we've been going through IVF and one way or another, that'll be coming to a close this year. So it'll be, how do we kind of strengthen back our relationship after going through something like that? And so, um, you know, goals, like those are kind of the goals and it's, you know, taking care of and making sure my son is raised to be somebody that, you know, people would want to be friends well, just, with. Just future. moving itself. <laughs> I mean, I don't want you to go down too many rabbit holes here or any bad stories for yourself, but just moving. I mean, if you think about your own life in retrospect, uh, most people, if anyone thinks about their life in retrospect, you always remember where you lived. True. You talk about the places you live, what the neighborhood was like, what the house was like, how the house became part of your family. Um, and if you're moving to a new neighborhood, to a new house, that's a giant change. That's going to be something that you're going to have to really focus on and deal with. I mean, you're going to meet new neighbors, and you never know. <laughs> it's true. You just never know. <laughs> you're going to be in a new school district. You're going to be in a new uh, zip code. You're going to be in a new tax uh, area. Everything's going to change. Yeah, everything will be different. <laughs> and it's a matter of how do you adapt to that? Is yeah. it working for you? Do you ever unpack? Oh, <laughs> uh, I will be unpacked much sooner than probably the rest of the family. The stuff that was packed previously will stay packed, and everything else will be unpacked. Now, now, we're not supposed to throw the rest of the family under the bus on this. Before. Well, I mean, the five-year-old's not going to ever unpack, so. <laughs> That's true. Um, another part of this show, uh, and I think it'll be frequent, um, I put a title to it, and I think she liked it. Uh, but it's called Wisdom from the She Shed. And uh, my dear in-law, Lisa, is going to join us and talk. I'd like her to present from her own perspective, A, a female point of view, B, working through and coping with the stress and the different situations that she deals with in her life. I am not here to uh, counsel you, Lisa. That's not the point. 
The point is to maybe talk to some people out there who might need help, and you may have, uh, you know, some information and some experience that would give them the help that they're looking for. So, uh, hi, Lisa. Hi, how are you guys? Doing really well. Doing well. Um, today, just briefly, you know, uh, we'll spend the last few minutes of this podcast talking about anxiety uh, and coping with anxiety. Uh, Lisa, is this something that you've had to deal with in your own life? Um, very much so. <laughs> um, I've been suffering from anxiety for probably close to 10 years. Okay. And uh, would you say that in these last 10 years that you've come to a decent handle of what to do when you feel anxious? Um, yeah, I have. Because at first when I had anxiety, um, it followed anger it followed a lot of other things um it's more even my husband will say i've learned how to control when it is taking place and work myself back down from where i is at my peak he says i've gotten very good at that on my own (laughs) but it took a long time to get me there but i gotten good does um i mean we're talking about just like you're going about your day and then something occurs and it just sets you to a different mindset yes um sadly one of those things is walmart um walmart for some reason gave me a lot of anxiety i think it's just all the people um i have learned finally to work work through it but i had a lot of anxiety about going into walmart of all places frequent walmart um not as much but i'm able to go in because it gave me when you go to the doctor and you say it hurts when I move my arm like this, and he just says, "Don't move your arm like that." <laughs> so, um, I mean, don't go to Walmart, well, I guess. I mean, but so what? So give me an example. So you know you've got something you've got to go get at Walmart. You know it's the only place you can find it for the price range that you're looking for. How do you set yourself up to make that trip? Um, I talk myself through it. Um, I kind of like set up like my mindset of. How, knowing what to expect when I walk in, um, preparing myself mentally, yeah. if that makes any sense. Oh, yeah. um, you, and, you're setting yourself up for the types of people you're going to run into, the uh, the demeanor of the checkout people and the helper people, the, the fact that it's probably not going to be right on the shelf readily when you go to the shelf you're looking for and you're going to have to ask somebody, all the yes. different things that could happen. Yes, and that has helped me twofold. I guess when I get in there and I don't know what I'm looking for is when I have a problem. I I like to have in my head a direction, if that makes sense. And it allows me to go back in. Do you always go in with a shopping list? No, but I know what I, I guess maybe mentally I know what I want. I mean, if I'm walking at the checkout, I go to my Walmart. Of course I can't go and I'm a girl. I'm like, oh, is this cute? This is cute. I still do that. I, I'm not like a robot walking through there, sure. but I prepare myself for what to expect. All right, so that- I'm, I'm hearing a couple of different things here, and I once again, I promise I'm not here to counsel you, but I'm hearing. Oh no, that's fine. I'm hearing that you like to go to Walmart, or you don't like to go to Walmart because of some of the things it causes you mentally, but you like to go to Walmart because you really like to shop. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. I mean, yes, I've gotten to that point. I was not at that point in the beginning, but I've gotten to that point to where 
hey, it's okay. I guess I've learned to, I guess the main thing I've had to learn in general, which we'll probably talk about more and more, I've learned that I can only control my actions and not the actions of others. And that plays a huge part of my life anymore. Um, I, I can only control myself and not what other people do to me or how I'm treated. And that's kind of how I have to keep my mentality walking into Walmart. Would you say that prior to have coming to that self-regulation, and that's, you know, you've learned how to self-regulate with that, before coming to that regulation idea that you expected people to act the way that you would act? Yes. And that's, that's, that's a difficult prospect here on the planet Earth. Because there's not too many people that are like you. No. There's not too many people that are like anyone else. I mean, everyone's pretty much individualistic, and they will take on their own persona, and when something is presented to them, they're going to act the way that they would act in that situation, not exactly the way you would expect them to or that you want them to. And that's something we talk about a lot in corporate America is the idea of, one, seeking to understand. So seeking to understand where the other person's coming from, and two assume good intent and i think when people are able to do those two things it gives you a fresh perspective now don't get me wrong there there are plenty of situations where you know maybe it's not good intent or but i think when if that's your default position you're usually able to navigate things well i imagine that the majority of the employees that you run into at walmart are there for their own reasons, right? They have specific reasons why they work at Walmart. It might be the time is available to them. It was the only job they could get or the first one they could get. Um, but the last the reason that they got the job at Walmart was to help you. So, exactly. <laughs> so that's something that you definitely, I'm very happy to hear that you've learned the idea of, I can't control how this person is going to treat me. And that's a good step. So, let, so give me a scenario. Let's let's say that you're in Walmart and you're looking for a certain item. You can't find the item, and someone gives you either blows you off, brushes you off, acts a way that's inappropriate, and you start feeling anxious about it. What what coping strategy do you have that enacts at that time? Is there something you can share that people could use if they're in a similar situation? Um, actually, Christmas shopping this year. Um, I kind of go. Um, I guess for stocking stuffers and it generally is in a certain area of Walmart and it tends to be very, very crowded at Christmas in this area. Um, that's when I get the most because it, it feels like everybody's shoving each other and pushing each other and there's no kindness as you go reach for something. And it, I guess that's where I really struggle. And if I find myself getting to that point, I leave my, I, take myself out of the situation for a little bit and I go mosey around until I feel like I'm ready to go back into it and just be like, you know what? It was just too much for me. I had to step away for a second and then kind of get my senses back together before I can walk back in. I do walk back in. I'm proud of myself for that, but I do leave the situation if I'm feeling overwhelmed and on out of control or out of the control of the people around me when they're kind of like, I guess, to a sense, customers just thinking about themselves and not their surroundings. No, I know that you, I know that you've gone to stores on Black Friday. Oh, yeah. Back when that was (laughs) full-blown Black Friday before coronavirus. Uh, Is that 
what you're describing here? Or are you just describing like a regular Christmas shopping day that's not just a regular Christmas shopping day? It has it has gotten overwhelming on me. Um, yeah, Black Friday, I, I question myself how I got through that sometimes. I mean, you almost um, have to go into Black Friday like the Hunger Games. <laughs> <laughs> kind of, Where yeah. Maybe odds be forever in your favor. <laughs> um, <laughs> I think it's because I had somebody with me that would, you know what I mean? I felt yeah. like I was stronger with somebody next to me sure. than me by myself. All right, so and, the feeling of anxiousness starts to creep up on you. What does that feel like? What does it feel like when you get anxious? Um, I tense up. I feel like all my muscles tense up. Um, I start breathing heavier. Um, my eyes, I, I don't even know how to explain this to who doesn't experience. My eyes look around constantly. Oh, I want to say in a panic way, but it's not really in a panic way. It's just it kind of like you're starting into a middle of a tornado, if that makes sense. And you're trying to make sense of everything around you. Sorry. And it your immediate area is like immobile, but everything yeah. around you is kind of moving pretty rapidly. Yes. Okay. And is it kind of hazy? Like you can't clearly focus on anything in the surroundings? I think my sensories are just overloaded, if that makes sense. Like I hear a noise over there. What's that? I hear something over here. What's that? Or something moves. I'm like, what? It, it's like a sensory overload that causes it. Sure. Have you talked to anyone or has anyone, anyone gone over with you the idea of breathing techniques? Yes. Um, actually, I have I have been, and I still do the square breathing, um, where you breathe in and out. Um, that does help me quite a bit. And that's usually when I step away. I go and take my breaths and kind of like, I think, and not just take my breaths, like, yeah. This is okay. I got this. Um, but square breathing has helped me tremendously. What do you mean square? Um, um, where you breathe in for three seconds, out for three seconds. And it, it's able to control, I guess, your breathing. Sure. I also, um, I have been known to take my senses, describe, like find something that is immobile. Find a smell that you can smell. Mm -hmm. I just bring myself back down to a level where I feel I need to be is by finding my senses around me. Um, I don't know how else to explain it. To, well, you're doing a good job explaining it. And something to, like, to touch something that is familiar. It, it's, it's bringing myself back to where I go feel. Ahead. Go ahead. No, go ahead. I, I, they call I that mindfulness. I, you're describing mindfulness. You're, okay. You ground yourself. You bring yourself into the room where you are. You touch different textures to to give your senses. You smell the smells. You look at. You pick five things that are blue. You look at what's on the shelves if you're in the store, I guess. And you bring yourself. I'm in Walmart. It's Thursday. It's two o'clock in the afternoon. My name's Lisa, and I'm looking for you know tube socks, whatever it is that you're doing, you bring, <laughs> you bring yourself back where you are, as opposed to wherever those thoughts are taking you. Uh, yes. I like the breathing as, as well. I, I usually prescribe something called four second breathing. Uh, just prescribe means I suggest it. Um, in for four seconds, hold for four seconds, and then breathe out slowly so it lasts four seconds. You do that four times in a row, you definitely will calm yourself down. Yes, so that's a good idea 
even three seconds is plenty of time, depending on how quickly you count. If you count one alligator, or if you just go on one. <laughs> <two three>. Yes. <laughs> um, well, good. Uh, so the segment of the show that Lisa will contribute to, will be discussing some of the ways to cope with daily concerns. I mean, everyone out there has some concern and I'm not saying that Lisa's the, has the answer to all of them, but uh, I think it's a nice idea to start talking to someone about their own concerns. And she's done a great job in her own life of overcoming some of these things. And I think it'll be a great way for us to further explain how to cope with things such as anxiety, things such as immediate, like, um, not panic, but immediate nervousness. And I think that that's something. And we may get to panic attacks. I don't know. Lisa, have you ever experienced a panic attack? Um, yeah, the first one I experienced, um, I thought I was dying, actually. Yeah. Uh, paramedics came, and I was fine because I really thought I was dying. And they're just like, have you ever had an anxiety attack? I'm like, nope. And they're just like, well, welcome. The worst time to have them is like when you're driving or when you know, you're in a, a, a place where you could really cause some harm to someone else if you don't figure it out quickly. Uh, yes. And uh, if you're driving a car, those out there listening, pull over. <laughs> if you start feeling like you don't yeah. feel well and just breathe like we talked about, just do the breathing. Mindfulness is good too, just like uh, Lisa was describing, you know. Look around you. Put the car in park and maybe even turn it off as long as you're off the road. Look around see the Burger King sign, see the traffic light, see the bus stop, whatever you see, smell the fact that you need to clean out your car, whatever it is, <laughs> and make sure that you uh, are back in your car and you're not like someplace else. You'll, you'll find that, you know, it just takes a few minutes to come back uh, before you have to call the ambulance. And I, I know many people, Lisa, you're not the only person I've heard this from that thought they were having a heart attack when we're having a panic or an anxiety attack exactly because you can't breathe it's shorter breath is the number one thing that happens and then you kind of get like closeness of your vision where it's kind of like tunnel vision a little bit i don't know if you experienced that but uh, that's what's been described to me over and over again with that yes but i also get like the, the tingles in the body and yeah. just overload sensory overload really is kind of how it feels did they hook you up to the ekg um they did and my heart rate was perfectly fine <laughs> yeah i mean that's the experience that i've had uh, <laughs> with other people with people i've talked to um and it's definitely uh, a scary situation uh, hopefully you were with people that could help you at that time yes i was that's good all right, well, Lisa, thank you so much. Um, we will definitely continue this as long as you're up for it. Oh, definitely. I'm kind of enjoying this. We will, uh, the next show, we'll talk about another item that you and I will discuss it in, the, in between. And uh, hopefully we can give some ideas to people that would help them. Do you have any last thoughts about Panic at the Walmart that you can share with the listener? Um. No, I, I mean, I guess in the beginning, it was hard to get it under control. And honestly, I removed myself from the situation and went outside for a couple minutes. I mean, that's at the worst when I was at my worst with it. I, I had to fully 
walk away from this the situation and be well, like i'll be back in 10 minutes <laughs> and we're not sitting here trying to disparage poor walmart i'm sure there's other stores that this could apply to oh it's yeah not just, not just i mean that. it's how i feel it when i walk into target every time especially if i'm there with my wife right i mean <laughs> you're like uh oh <laughs> Plug-in store where there's teenagers and older people that look like they don't want to be there working with the smocks on and, you know, or you're in a hardware store and the person has no idea what hardware is and they work at the hardware store. <laughs> yeah. All that stuff. Which would be me if I got a job at a hardware store, quite frankly. <laughs> but thanks, Lise, and we will uh, definitely uh, bring you back the next show. We'll keep going. All right. All right. Thank you, guys, and have a great night, okay? Take care. You too. Take oh, care. Bye-bye. Well, Reg, uh, that's kind of the gist of it. I mean, I want to help people. I want to present the idea that, you know, you don't have to go through this by yourself. Um, people typically spend a lot of time doing internet research now before they decide to go get help. And they, and if you go on some of these websites like uh Psychology Today, there's thousands of therapists, thousands and thousands. How do you pick one? What do you know what to do? I'll definitely have an, a, a part of my episodes dealing with that. You want to match up a little bit. You know, you don't want to just pick the good-looking people. You don't want to just pick the people that have PhDs. You want to find someone that you think you might be able to relate to based on what they write. And you, on those ads, on these Internet ads, the majority of them have written their bios and their uh, fulfillment uh, statements by themselves. So they're writing what it is they feel they can be effective with. And, you know, if you read mine, it talks about me helping people with relationships and with their uh, communication skills. Anxiety and depression, I think that just goes uh, hand-in-hand with any and all concerns that people come in with. Those are the most common but I also talk a little bit about grief, and I'll definitely have episodes on grief uh, coming up as well. The other things I'd like to get into in this podcast in the future are book reviews. Uh, not just like reading books and just telling you what they're about, but maybe having the author on and discussing the main theme and topic. Because each person that writes a book does it for the sole purpose of finding ways to help other people. We could have relationship books, you could have... Uh, self-improvement books, you can have anxiety and depression books, all kinds of ADHD regulation, things that are imperative to self-regulation, to being able to focus and function in society. Um, I really appreciate the time, Raj. Oh, anytime, Jeff. I think this is going to be, um, I like what you're, what you've laid out here. I think that um, you've got some good thoughts about where you want it to go and what I will tell you from having kind of started our own podcast is, you know, you've got to let it evolve the way it's going to evolve. Right. So you can go in with your plan. You can go in with your outline. <laughs> um, and it's good to have those things. And it's right. good to have those things to fall back on. But let it evolve the way it's going to evolve and let it let it flow a little naturally. And I think that this was a great kind of first start on that. Yeah, end. and I don't want to ramble. I mean, I got a little excited there. 12 minutes in when I've gone through 90% of my outline. Like, <laughs> We're 12 minutes in. What the heck? Is this really going to be a show or what's going on? And when it, it got to, you know, conversing with you and conversing with Lisa and, and having some, um, some depth, dialogue, some depth to the content, you know, I think that will be a, imperative. And I'm going to try to not just Lisa, not just you. I mean, 
I don't know how often you and I will even do this, but I want to involve others who want to help. And the whole idea is, is if we can reach one or two people every time we do this who need help and don't know what to do, and then we help them, then we're doing what we're supposed to do. And that's my goal. Excellent. No, I think that all makes sense, and I think that's a good goal. And um, we're here for it. We're here to support you on it, and we'll get this we'll get this thing going and published, and you know we'll see what we can do to help it grow. And I think honestly, I think something like this for your line of work, anything in kind of the I'll, I'll call it the service economy. It's not the service industry, but the service economy in terms of counseling or personal trainers or stuff like that. I think podcasts and I think those kind of things where people can get to know you and, and hear your voice and hear yeah. your thoughts. I think that that's a good way for, for folks to, that are, you know, potentially interested in your services are, I think it's just a good way to get to know you. So I'm I sure, think, I'm sure we can put the link to these on my website, right? Yep, absolutely. So we'll get it, we'll get it published out to all the major podcasts and I'll send you a link and we can get that added. So great. Well, thank you, Reg. All right. Well, Go thank Buck, you. Guys. They play tonight. They do. <laughs> Go Bucks. Have a good evening. Good night.